Bibles this morning, turn to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, children, you are dismissed for Children's Church. 2 Chronicles this morning, and um, I want to continue with the message uh, um, I've been preaching, our responsibility in the Valley of Blessing, but I want to I want to think about a couple things this morning that we can, that we should have, uh, this is what I, uh, how I say, I, I'm trying to, I try to be careful, but, but lessons we've learned or should have learned as we look back at 9-11. And I think about uh, some things that were just obvious, and I just, I didn't even, I didn't even jot them down, I just, I just thought about these things and the things that we can, we as a people, um, we as Christians can learn and need to know some things that are factual that if we're not careful, we'll get caught off guard. And I think of the very first thing and I think of, um, I think of this uh, really um, evil uh, demonstrated or evil personified. Uh, I'll never forget watching um, as the president stood up and called the acts that had happened at 9-11 evil. Let me tell you something, people hated him for that. I don't know if you remember, just 20 years ago, I, I have a hard time remembering yesterday, okay? But I, I tell you, I remember when he used that word evil. So I'm going to tell you something. There is evil in this world. And if we don't understand that, you're going to get caught off guard. And can I tell you something about evil? Let me tell you what evil is. Evil is sin, is sin and sinfulness. And sinfulness is universal. It's not just... Uh, people that live in the Middle East or, or, or people of a, a certain uh, uh, religion. Listen to me. Evil and sin is universal. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not even one. Not one person. The only perfect person to ever live on this earth is the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord Jesus Christ became sin for us. Who knew no sin? Now, he was sinless, but he became sin for us so that we might have the opportunity to be born again. We see this, we see this evil personified. We see it not just at 9-11, but boy, that was a, boy, that was an in-your-face, wasn't it? I mean, it was, it was something. I remember driving to do my sister's wedding. And I remember driving up 95, and I remember those great big, you know, the signs that they use to tell you there's construction, or those lit up signs, and all the way up 95, God bless America. God bless America. All the way up and down. And it wasn't too long before people were complaining that we shouldn't be putting God bless America, and we shouldn't be doing... Isn't it amazing to you? This is another thing I've learned through the years. So haven't you? It's amazing to me how much we want God in our lives when we need Him. 
When we need God, and all of a sudden, you know, or when we think we need God, we all we obviously know we always need God. But this this perceived idea that we need we need God, then 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 we can we can speak His name out loud. I mean, publicly we can speak His name. Does it amaze you at Christmas time? It amazes me. The doctrinal music that they play on Christian or on secular radio it just cracks me up. I mean, I mean, they'll get out there and they'll play the most doctrinally sound Christian music on secular radio. Who would say, "No, man, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't believe in Jesus," and we don't what? Contradictory. I'm telling you, sometimes we need him and sometimes we don't. We see this this at 9/11. We see evil that was personified. I want to. I want to state a second thing. Is the second thing I, th- I think about is the evaluation of humanity. The evaluation of humanity. I tell you, sometimes I think to myself, "There's no hope." I mean, I mean, you look around you, and people are sad, and they are getting sadder. I mean, the things that people get up and say, the things that people do, and you think to yourself, what in the world? Lord, why have you not come yet? You ever thought of that before? I mean, why in the world? I I cannot imagine that the rapture of the church has not happened. I mean, I just can't imagine how bad things are in our world today. And then something like 9-11 happens. Do you remember? Do you remember them running into the buildings? Running into the buildings to, to, to save people. And listen to me, people they didn't know. 99 times out of 100, these people were, these people were doing their job. They didn't know these people personally, but they knew they were human beings worth saving. And guess what? A lot of them lost their lives because of it. And it gives you... Gives you just a little bit of hope for humanity. Hey, you see those, uh, you see those um, videos, you see those uh, newsreels where someone, you know, jumps into the water to save somebody, or something miraculous happens, and you think to yourself, "Wow, there are some people." And I, I try to put myself in that position. You ever do that? Well, let me tell you what I would do. You don't know what you would do until you got there. We talk about what we would do, and we talk about what we hope we would do. Now, I, I'm here to tell you, if it, was one of, if it was one of my kids, I wouldn't have any problem. But a perfect stranger? I hope I would. I pray that I would. But we don't know until we're in that position. And, and just to know, I'll give you a kind of a, a funny illustration. I was watching a, a video in this. This part's not funny. But uh, a, 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 a pit bull got loose in, in the yard next door. And there's a mama, and she's out there, and she's recording her kid, and he's playing in the, just a little toddler, playing on the ground. And this pit bull come, come around the truck and attacked the little boy. Grabbed him by the leg, started pulling him into the street. The mama goes to put the... Could put the phone down to go out. Out the window jumps a cat. I'm not kidding. I mean, like, your cat. 
jumps, leaps, all four paws, claws out, and hits the dog in the back. I thought, what in the world? i got to see that again. Dog turned around, rawr, 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 started taking off. And the, little, little, and the cat was going, <laughs> I said, man, isn't it great when somebody thinks more about somebody else than themselves? Boy, that... 9-11 reminds me of that. Reminds me, it's this, this evaluation of humanity that, that really, that people will step up. People, some people still do step up for other people. And then I think of just the last thing. And I, talk, and I think about eternity's imminent. Etern, eternity's imminent. We have no idea. Is it you might be healthy as, a, healthy as you can be and I mean, everything can be going well and you can go out and do eternity tonight. Just like that. We have no idea. I mean, we have plans and we've got calendars and we've got schedules and we've got all these things that, that, you know, that we're going to do, that we're going to accomplish, that we want to accomplish. And praise the Lord, sometimes we get to. But we, all, we always better have at the back of our mind that eternity is imminent. It could happen at any moment. So what is it telling us? It tells us we need to be ready. We need to, we need to be prepared. And can I tell you, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, you are not prepared? Eternity is a long time. Do you know, you know how long eternity is? It's forever. It goes on and on and on and on and every single human being, every single person that has ever been born and that will ever be born will one day spend eternity somewhere forever. And what you do here, the decisions you make here, determine where you spend eternity. You see, the Bible says, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's not something that we, well, maybe or guess, and you know, I carry a lucky rabbit's foot and I'm crossing my fingers and crossing my toes, and I'm just really hoping it's going to happen. Well, that's crazy. That's like going into a casino and dropping a million dollars down on, on black and rolling the dot, you know, rolling the, spinning the wheel. It's crazy. People do it, obviously, but it's crazy. Can I tell you, it's way worse than losing a million dollars. Because once we die, and I think about this when I think about 9-11, and I think about the pictures, and I think about the videos, and I think about all these people that died. I wish I could tell you, I honestly wish I could tell you that everybody that gave their life at 9-11 went to heaven. I wish I could say that, but I don't know that. Now, I'm not going to say that, that, that they weren't saved because I don't know. I don't know who they were. But I do know this, that the Bible is very specific. There's no pass. There's no, if you do this, then you'll be able to get to heaven, except for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it. Well, you know, if, you, if you're a really good person, no. Well, if you give your life, I want you to know something. Those people 
that flew those airplanes into those towers and killed all those people, let me tell you why they did it. They did it because they were religion. They did it because if they, if they died in that way, they automatically got to go to heaven. And then all sorts of nonsense that they believe that they, they're going to get when they get there. There is only one way. And there's only one way for all people. It doesn't matter if we're in the United States. It doesn't matter if we're in the Middle East. It doesn't matter where we are. There's one way and one way only. And that's something that has got to be considered. That's something that's got to be taught. That's something that's got to be preached. And we must remember from day to day that Jesus is the only way. So think about it as you think about 9-11, as you think about those, you know, some, some things you'll always remember where you were. You'll always remember what you were doing. Do you remember? I, I, I mean, I, I, can, I can remember it clearly. We had just had a, a senior luncheon, senior citizen luncheon. And I was bringing Brother Mummery home. Man, I, I, I love that man. As, as an older man, he had something wrong with his, with his, with his arm. L- got saved, loved the church, loved our family. When our daughter, Anna, was born, she'd had some eye issues, and they really, they really proclaimed her blind, and she couldn't see. And so we were having a, an actual uh, thing down front in the church, and um, just praying over her and praying for her, and, and Brother Mummery with tears in his eyes. I'm telling you things you'll never forget. Tears in his eyes. He said, listen to me. He said, I've had these eyes for all these years. If she can use them, I'd be willing to give them. You know, you know how much of an emotional person I am. You know, about that much. I had to walk out of the church because he was serious. I was taking Brother Mummery home, and on the way back, I was listening to the radio, and the plane hit the tower. Remember, they thought, was this intentional? Was this accidental? You remember that? And I thought to myself, what in the world? And I got back and I told her, my preacher, I said, something's going on. Something's happened. So we went into the other room and we turned the TV on. Now, this was like the TVs that had the thing in the back, you know, the little box in the back, you know, turn, turn that, turn the TV on just as the second plane was hitting the towers. I'll never forget it. Some things will always be remembered. Can I tell you, there's some things spiritually we always should remember. We should take these lessons and apply them to our hearts so that we can be a better Christian. Do what God has called us to do in what I believe are the last days. We have got to be living in the last days. Things are absolutely out of control. They're, They're worldly they're ungodly, the things that are happening. If you don't, listen, my head is in the sand when it comes to new stuff, and I know it. I know what's going on. I mean, it is absolutely crazy what's going on. So what, what do we need to do? We need to be reminded of the Word of God. We need to be reminded that we, as Christians, we as believers, no matter what's going on around us, we as believers live in the Valley of Blessing. I remember growing up. My mom and dad got a divorce when I was nine. And my mom, uh, 
did the best she can, but me and my two sisters, we, we lived with her. And um, uh, I remember my mom working two and sometimes three jobs uh, just to put food on the table. And I remember living. Matter of fact, last time we were up there, I took Wendy to the place, one of the places that I grew up was called Willowbrook. She didn't want to be in there very long. We kind of went in, turned around, went back out. Very, very rough place. Um, but the rent was cheap. And I, and I always remember, you know, hanging out with the wrong crowd and being with the wrong and, and they didn't have this and they didn't have that. But my mom, I remember being in our house, in our, in our apartment. And I remember my mom providing. You, 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 ever, you ever have shepherd's pie? Goodness, my mom used to make shepherd's pie all the time. Because then it was just it was a very inexpensive meal. Back when bologna wasn't popular, it's like like it's like expensive now. But it used to be like the meat nobody wanted to eat, right? And so they, my mom would 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 fry an egg and, and fry some bologna. Oh my goodness gracious! I still I still think about it today. But I remember being in this little apartment. I was like sheltered. I was sheltered from the out. Now, I chose to be unsheltered, and I'd made some bad decisions, but my mom always tried to make this shelter, this protection. And I, and I feel like we're in a world right now where, where, the, where the inmates are running the asylum. I, I really feel like that's the world we're living in today. And I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the world. That we're living in today. It's nuts. It's off track. It's crazy. But I, but I feel like we're in this shelter. This, this refuge. That, that is God. That protects us. And we're in this valley of blessing. And when everything's falling apart. We can look up and be reminded that God blesses his people. And God blesses his children. And when we live in that valley, when we live in that place of blessing, we need to understand that there's some responsibility that we have as Christians. This idea that, well, I'm saved and I'm taken care of and so I don't care about nobody else is not biblical. That's not a a biblical stance to take. God says that we have responsibilities in the valley of blessing. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Look down with me uh, in verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And they began to sing. You see, in the valley uh, of blessing, in this responsibility that we have before the Lord, we need to rely. We talked about that already. We need to rely on the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord. You see, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Uh, Funny, maybe funny is not the word, but it's an interesting thing. That we talk about trusting the Lord. We talk about relying on the the, the Lord. We talk about believing the Lord. But then... We worry like the world. We fear like the world. We act like the world. But we say we trust God. By golly, I got a fish in the back of my, uh, my, back of my car, preacher. I'm a Christian. 
If you knock on my door, it says right there on my door, ask for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. Look at my refrigerator. Look at my wall. I'm telling you, I got, if you come over, I promise you, I'll pull out the family Bible. I'll show you. This is the, this is the idea that we have uh, that we're Christians when it's convenient for us. We'll trust the Lord when it's convenient for us. Do you realize you ought to trust the Lord whether you're up or down? Do you realize you should trust the Lord whether things are going good in this world or bad? We ought to trust the Lord when the economy's good and when the economy stinks. We ought to trust the Lord. We ought to trust the Lord no matter what might come in our life. You know, it's easy to trust the Lord when everybody trusts the Lord, right? Is that not easy? I mean, it's easy to praise the Lord when everybody else is praising the Lord. It's easy to sing when everybody else is singing. Listen, when we, when we sing as a congregational, nobody, nobody cares that you can't sing. Listen to me, some of y'all can't. Just, just admit it. I do. It's okay. It's all right you can't sing. God didn't say you had to sing. He said you had to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So I sing, and let me tell you something, when I, and, and I know you can't hardly hear me because I'm all the way up here, but when we're visiting a church, I see those people shake their head that are sitting in front of me, going, what in the world is going on behind me? But it's easy, isn't it? It's easy when everybody else is singing, we sing, but what if you're out there all by yourself? You see, God's people are supposed to be peculiar people, we're not supposed to be chameleons. You know what a chameleon does, don't you? Depending on his environment, depending on where he is, he changes his image so that he can blend in with the branch, that he can blend in with the tree, that he can blend in with the ground. God forbid, church, if we blend in with the world, we ought to stand out from the world. It ought to be evident. It ought to be obvious that you're a Christian. It ought to be evident. It ought to be obvious that you're a churchgoer. It ought to be evident and it ought to be obvious that you are a blessed individual. Nobody's ever going to think you're blessed if all you do is complain, complain, complain. Oh, woe is me. Let me tell you something. You're not the only one. It's hard though, isn't it? It's hard when you're in it. It's hard when you're facing it. It's hard when you're going through it. I mean, when things go wrong, things really go wrong, don't they? I mean, it just one thing after another after another. And sometimes you isolate yourself. And sometimes you think that you're the only one going through that problem. But it just isn't true. There are other people going through that same problem. And no matter how much we go through, no matter how much we face, we can remember and we can be reminded that we need to rely on the Lord. We need to trust in the Lord. The second thing I want you to see there in verse 22 is not only do we need to rely on God, but number two, we need to rejoice in God. We need to rejoice in God. You know what the Bible says? Rejoice in the Lord Always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice when you feel like it. That's, that's, that, if, we, if, we could, if we could rewrite the Bible and make our own tr- translation, that's what some of us would do. Rejoice when things are going good. 
Rejoice when you have your health. Rejoice when you got money in your pocket and money in the bank. Isn't it great to have money in your pocket? Isn't that nice to have just a few shekels, you know, bouncing around in your pocket and you go somewhere and you can, you can pull, and then, and then there's, you know. Isn't that what it is sometimes? You see yourself, man, I can't wait. You ever said this? I just can't wait till payday. And then what do we do? I mean, bills come, and then we spend all our money, and halfway through the, you know, we're broke again. And we think to ourselves, man, I mean, things are going great. And I'm, you, know, you know what drives me? You want to know what does something that drives me nuts? It's people that complain and complain and complain and complain that they don't have any money. Complain and complain and complain that they need other people to give them and do for them, and then you see them out to eat. You see them buying a pack of cigarettes. You buy, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not. It's like five or six dollars for a pack of cigarettes now. I could not believe that. I was walking by. No, I didn't buy any. I was walking by the Kroger the other day, and I looked over and I said, "What is that for a whole carton? One pack?" And people purchasing this and they're purchasing that and, they're, and we wonder why we don't have any money and then we and then we get upset and then we get upset for the church because the church I had somebody tell me the other day they said we uh, uh, got a phone call and they, they needed their electric bill paid well we have policy set in our church on purpose and, and so I, you know, I told them what our, our policy was and this is, what, this is what the person said to me aren't you a church? And I wanted to say, no, you, you dialed the wrong number, is what I wanted to say. But I said, yes, ma'am, we're a church, but here's our policy. And man, she was indignant. Now, she didn't call our church because she's a member of our church. She didn't call our church because she even knew our church. She called our church because she looked it up on the internet. And she was going down church to church to church to church to church to see what she could get. And then she's going to get mad at the church. She's going to get mad at God. Well, God didn't do this, and and God didn't do that, and the church wouldn't do this. It's unbelievable to me. We've lost our rejoicing. We've lost our singing. We've lost our praising. And Paul, let me tell you something. No matter if it's good or bad, if it's up or down, mountain or valley, we need to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You know, uh, I like to, I like to say, see y'all. I knew y'all were paying attention to something other than me. These things are still on. Um, it's football season, right? I love football season. I love college football. I, free, I can't even turn turn the dumb things off. Now you really are going to watch them. There we go. Um, but I love, I love to watch college ball now. NFL, they've, they've made me so mad that I don't care about watching NFL ever, ever again. But I love to watch college ball, and I love to watch. I'm the, I'm the guy. I know I love Georgia. But I'm the guy that loves to see the ranked team lose to the unranked team. I'm that guy. I, I'm just, I, unless it's Georgia. I, otherwise, I absolutely love it. And I'm telling you, some people, when their team wins... You ever been to a game? You ever seen a game on TV? I mean, 
Some people, I mean, they absolutely lose their mind. I mean, their team scores, and I mean, they absolutely lose their mind. They get back from the game, and they can't even talk. They've got laryngitis because they've just absolutely spent their vocal cords, screaming and hollering for their team. God forbid if their team loses. I'm telling you, you ever... It's even worse than soccer. You ever seen soccer? They'll pull an entire stadium down if their team loses. I mean, it's a, we get so excited over sports, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love it. I love, matter of fact, I love all kinds of sports. I watch tennis. I, 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 I watch ping pong. Golf? Sorry, Johnny. I, I just, I, I'm having a hard time with it. I just... And I like good shots and all that, but I can have a hard time watching that. But everything else, I love watching it. And some of y'all just get so mad at me, but that whole driving around in circles, I I can't get that either. That's another one I can't grasp a hold of that and ask like, But but people love their sports. People love their hobbies. People get excited about vacation. People get excited about a chick. Right? Get an unexpected check in the mail? Score! You're excited. If it's, if it's from the government, put it in a savings account because they're probably going to want it back pretty soon. So just, you know. But, hey, I love I, I'm nothing wrong with a check. We get excited about those things. But when it comes to the Lord, we act like, well, that's a private thing, preacher. And God forbid if we say amen in church, or if we get excited in church, or if we sing in church, or... Have you ever been driving along, and you're listening to the radio, and a song comes on? Nobody else is in the car, and you just have yourself a little fit. You ever done that? If anybody's in the car next to you, they're thinking to themselves, okay, he's, he's lost his mind. Because, I mean, you just start... Shaking your steering wheel and you're raising your hand and you're singing to the top of your lungs and you know I mean you're just so excited. The same songs played in church and we're. I mean, nothing. I, I tell you, I'm I, I'm certainly not a comedian. I don't try to be. But sometimes things are funny. I can't even I can't even get a crack of a smile out of some of y'all. That means. Go ahead, preacher. Try to bless me. You're not going to do it. And sometimes, it's okay with me. I'm okay with that. But with the Lord, you shouldn't be okay with that. You should be able to be excited and to rejoice over what God has done for you. All the things God has provided for you. All that God has blessed you with. You ought to get excited about that. I mean, ready to shout it from the housetops. Ready to share it with other people. No, no, listen, we, if, if, I'm a, if I'm over at your house, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll barely, I, I mean, I'll sit there and listen to you, I, I mean, I'll, I'll eat with you, we'll, I mean, we can chit-chat, but man, if you bring up one of my subjects, I've got a couple, I'll talk your ear off, because I love to talk about it. I love to talk about things. You know why I love to talk about those things? Because I love those things. We all have them, don't we? They're all, they're all different. God forbid if you get two people together that love the same thing, it's over with. 
But man, I just love to talk. And I love to hear people talk about those things. Because those things are exciting to me. Those things I, I, I have a good time talking about. I love to read about history. And I love to read about Christian history. And I love to read about these hymns. Have you, have you ever read the story behind it as well that we read? Horatio Spafford. I believe that's his name. Horatio Spafford wrote that song. And he wrote that song as he was on a ship heading across the ocean. And his, and his wife and, and children went before him. He stayed behind at a revival. As he was crossing this, and I'm getting everything right, but as he was crossing this, the, the captain told him, this is where his wife, his wife made it, but only his wife. His children perished in, in the, in the, in the, in the, um, the travesty, the, the, the wreck that happened. And he gets to that spot and says, this is where your daughters perished. And he wrote the song, It Is Well With My Soul. Wow. If, if you don't think it's wow, go back into your hymnal and reread the song. It is well with my soul. Because it is well with my soul has everything to do with the provision that God provides for us, not what the world can give us. There's so many things in this world. There's so many things this world can can provide, but I'm going to tell you something, they dim in comparison to what God has already provided. Amen. The provisions that God gives us, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You see, things dry up. The last vacation that we took, I had to Scrape all the money. You ever do that? I'm, I'm a hider of money. I hide it so nobody else knows that I have it. And then when they say, oh, we can't do it. Oh, no, no, no. Here we go. I got it right here. Well, I save change. I love to save change. And the last time we went somewhere, we couldn't do such and such until I pulled out my change. And I, and I, already had it rolled and it was already ready and I had to go to the bank and turn it all in. The bank said, huh? I said, yeah, this is, here you go. Had all my, my numbers on it, the whole thing. They took it. I got all that money. We went. Guess what we did with it? Now when I open my drawer to look at my change, it's all gone. I open it up every once in a while just so I can shed a few tears and think to myself, I used to have, and then I close it. Because that's what, that's what the world provides. It might provide something in your life, and it might give you something in your life. Spider. It might give you something in your life. I don't like spiders. Um, it might give you something in your life, but guess what? It dissipates. It goes away. But God's blessings are forever. And God's blessings continue to come. You see, he said, according to my riches and glory. And see, his riches are never ending. Never ending. 
never-ending. God can provide for you, and then he can provide for me. And then Jim White over in France, he can provide for him. And then he can provide for our, uh, our missionaries in Spain, and he can provide for our missionaries in Africa. And he can, You know why? Because God's not limited. If you come to me and I say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm giving everybody that comes to me a dollar bill. Sooner or later, I'm going to run out of bucks. It's going to be gone. And that next person that comes, I'm going to say, I'm sorry, I gave as much as I could give. I don't, I don't have any more. But aren't you glad that God just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving? And it's absolutely never ending. If you have nothing to rejoice over, which either one of two things, you're a liar or delusional, one of the two, if you think you have nothing to rejoice over. But if you have nothing else to rejoice over, rejoice over the fact that God saved your soul. Are you kidding me? If we live in this world 100 years, is that a long time? Sure. Most people don't live to be 100. Okay? If you live in this world to be 100 years old, I'm here to tell you that dims in comparison. That's not even a twinkle of an eye compared to where you're going to live forever and forever and forever. I know that Time doesn't work the same way here as it does in heaven. But I, I'm here to tell you, I, 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 I often think of this. I often think of, you know, somebody passes away and we live for years and years and years and then we die and we go to heaven. And, and I think to myself, I don't know if this is how it happens, but I think to myself, a person looks and says, you're here already? <laughs> because time isn't the same in heaven. Even here it's fast, isn't it? Who would have thunk 9-11 was 20 years ago? 20. That is unbelievable. I mean, it just absolutely flies by. And so you have a choice. Don't we all? Isn't life made up of decisions? Sure is. And you have a choice. You can either choose to be unhappy Grumpy, mean, bitter, angry. People choose to be that every single day. Or you can choose to arise above your circumstances. I've said that before. One preacher said to another preacher, he said, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good under the circumstances. He said, what are you doing under there? What God has given us wings to soar as eagles so that we can be above our circumstances, that we can be above this world. We ought not be limited by this world. We have a God that can go exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. So choose. You can decide to have a smile. You can, you can decide to rejoice. You can decide to sing. You can decide to praise the Lord. And I know we do it here. And praise the Lord, we do that here. Don't take it for granted because not all churches do. But I'm here to tell you, you ought to be doing that at home. You ought to be doing that in your workplace. You ought to be doing that in the grocery store. Go to Kroger. Go to Kroger. We were in Kroger the other day. I was in Kroger the other day to pick up some things. My brother Scott was there too. And, and he was 
he got way more than I did. But anyways, we were, we were, get, we were getting a few things. And, and, and Man, you look at people. It's like, ma'am, I don't even know you. What? Why? Why? If looks could kill, let me tell you something. All of us would have been dead a long time ago. Because the way people look at other people, I'm miserable. Let me tell you what miserable people want. They want everybody else to be miserable too. So you know what I do? I smile at them. I probably don't do it for the right reasons, but I smile at them nonetheless. So now listen, give your face a rest and smile a while. It's okay. It's okay to rejoice. It's okay to, you know what I do? Because I can't sing, you know what I do? I whistle. When I'm in, when I'm in the store, I'll whistle. And I'll get, I'll get the strangest looks. And I want to say, and I don't, and I, and I won't, and I haven't. I, I want to say, go take that dirty look somewhere else because you don't bother me. And I just smile and I just whistle more. If a song comes on, if I have a chance to embarrass my children, loud as I can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sing it. And, and it don't work with Kyle no more. But you know, but my girls, especially Emma. And I, halfway across Kroger, Emma, oh hey, Emma, Emma Springer, hey dad, I'm dad's right here. She's, and I'll just sing and. It's okay. It's okay to rejoice. It's okay to be thankful for what God has done for you and how God has blessed you. Don't be buried alive by the woes of this world. There's a lot of them, and if you're not careful, I tell people all the time, stop watching the news. It's depressing! I mean, it is absolutely depressing. And they're not telling you the truth anyway, so why are you watching it? But I'm telling you what it'll do. It'll bury you alive. And you'll know what you'll end up being. You'll end up being afraid. You'll end up being angry. You ever watch something and just want to go right through the TV? Well, if I could have a one-on-one discussion with her. If I could just say something to him. It gets really bad when you start talking to the television. Because now you're all stirred up. And you know what you've let? You've let the world stir you up. Let me tell you what we need to do. Take a step back. We need to rely on the Lord. And we need to rejoice in the Lord always. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed this morning. Our eyes are closed. We can rejoice this morning because God has saved us. And that salvation, let me tell you about that salvation, church. That salvation is free. God has provided it for all men, for all women, for every boy and every girl. John 3.16 talks about that that, that God died for the whole world, not just individual people. It's free. It doesn't cost us anything. It cost him everything. Not only is it free, but it's fixed. Salvation is one way and one way only. Neither is your salvation in any other. There's one mediator between God and man. It's the man Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh under the Father but by me. It's fixed. It's not open for discussion or open for opinion.
God has already settled it. And then it's forever. Aren't you glad that we can have eternal life? Everlasting life. If you haven't got it settled, can I beseech you this morning? Can I, can I beg you this morning? Get it settled before it's too late. Today is the day. Now is the acceptable time. If you haven't got it settled, get it settled now before eternity ever comes. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing. This morning, a hymn invitation.